The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Yeah. Hello, Bengals fans. I am Matt Minnick, and this is Coach Speak. Well, here we are. It is draft week, but we're going to have to wait a little bit longer than what we're used to. The Bengals picking all the way at the bottom of the first round. Now, last week, I talked about the interviews that were done recently uh, with Zach Taylor, with Brian Callahan, with Lou Anarumo, talking about the draft. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Duke Togan. Duke. I cannot talk. Duke Tobin, the director of player personnel, de facto GM of the Bengals, you know, really a key decision maker in that room on draft day. What does he think? Uh, what did he say coming into the draft? And I picked out uh, a few kind of key comments, key things to, here to focus on. Number one, he talked about finding fits. Uh, and, you know, it kind of goes back a little bit to what they did a few years ago and they were picking all these coaches kids they were picking all these guys that were uh team captains and you know he you know somebody kind of says to him about that like well we don't look for those guys but when you look for the things we look for you find those guys you know when you look for people that love football they love competition they love the uh camaraderie you know they love being around they love being in the locker room they love preparing uh to win football games you know not just playing the game not just the things that come from playing the game uh that those are guys who you know tend to be voted team captains you know although he also hit on the fact that team captains are are very different you know from team to team sometimes they're they're senior captains sometimes they're voted on sometimes they're appointed sometimes they're week by week captains but um i have personally gone through and, and looked and there's a number of people that you know that seem to fit a lot of bills, check off a lot of boxes, and are also team captains uh, for this team. So uh, we'll be interested to see how, how that stuff works out. But that, that's something that he talked about in terms of fits. Uh, they asked him about position-specific things. Uh, let's start with cornerback. Now, at cornerback, um, he said you know they're looking for speed. They're looking for guys that are, that are long and can disrupt. They're looking for uh, quickness. You know, to be able to mirror anticipation, find the ball. Um, you know, he said they are looking for all those things. Uh, but 
at the end of the day, you got to be able to play football, you know, so they're, they're, they're relying on the tape, they're relying on guys that can put those things together. Uh, and he said that there are no non-negotiables, you know, that they can, they can work around all of these things um, for the right player, for the right prospect. And that's interesting when you when you think about, like, length, you know, being long, able to disrupt is one of those things uh, that, that Tobin mentioned. I know uh, there's been a lot of talk in the fan base uh, about this, um, you know, about, well, Duke Tobin's never taken, like, they, they've had some guys that were pretty short-armed, and, and you know, like Drake comes to mind. Um, there's a recent mock draft by uh, Josh Norris that had them taking Trent McDuffie. That would be very short arms. Uh, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think it's 29-something. Um, so that would be, you know, a real outlier. But McDuffie's a guy that a lot of people think is the, like, number three corner in this draft. He's just got those those T-Rex arms, you know, and, and, and is that worth it? And look, you watch that guy in film, he loves to play. I mean, he, he moves, he goes, you know, and that's, that's, we just talked about fit. That's something that you can see on film, like the guys that love it, like the guys that are like, just like feasting to get to the ball, you know, especially on defense, like the, you know, uh, off at the line, you know, or, or anybody blocking is a thing too. Like, you know, how do they finish their blocks even when the play goes away? You know, McDuffie is a guy who's just like passionately like burning desire to get to the ball all the time. Uh, so you can see that in him, you know, does that and, and the rest of his skill set, you know, counterbalance and, and take out for the fact that his, his arms are a little short. You know, we're, we're going to have to see. Uh, but Duke said no non-negotiables, you know, uh, so that plays in with other people as well, and we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, also, it's about safeties. We're going to stick with the defensive side of the ball for now. He talked about versatility. All right, I wrote a piece on that recently on, on two potential targets in the first round who I think bring them a lot of versatility. You know, they want guys who can do, who can play nickel at war free. Um, you know, I think you see guys like, uh, like Petrie, like, uh, the two guys I wrote about uh, in, in the article, uh, you know, Jalen Petrie from Baylor and Dax Hill from Michigan, I think those are guys that have skill sets to be able to do some of those things. Uh, you talk about guys that can be strong safety slash box linebacker types. You know, I think those guys are really physical too. Um, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out. And I think they, they really want they want somebody that can do all of it. You know, and and especially this year because they have an un certain contract situation with both of their safeties right now uh everybody knows about the franchise tag and jesse bates von bell is entering the last year of his deal if they work something out with bates are they going to put a lot of money into bringing back von bell i don't know you know it's a lot of money to invest into one position so it's hard to say uh if they'll make that decision or not so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and again it's a sneaky need that could be a day one pick yeah, that could be something that they go out and do, especially if you get somebody who's versatile, who can play a lot of different roles. Uh, also, I think there's a, a decent chance that's going to be the best available. And I think IDL and safety are two areas where we're likely to see, um, you know, best available could could fall into that category at the top, or excuse me, at the bottom of the first round. Usually the top, that's weird. Um, all right, so let's get into the offensive line. Uh, what are you looking for in the offensive line? Well, number one, we just talked about non-negotiables, and that, that question was actually uh, phrased in a way that it was asking about Linderbaum. So, you know, he said there are no non-negotiables. Look, Linderbaum's film is awesome. So, you know, with that in mind, are they going to care about his his uh, 
his arm length. I don't know. You know, if they like his film as much as I did, they probably won't. You know, and I think there's a chance he could be the best available uh, as well. We're going to talk about best available and kind of how that works for them uh, towards the end here. But look, uh, they like their starting five. He said that. Like their starting five. They like the competition. They have that guard spot. And they like their young talent behind them. He said they like all three guys they drafted last year. You know, I think they have some potential. He mentioned Isaiah Prince is another younger guy. Didn't mention Hakeem, uh, which I'm assuming was a, an oversight. Um, because I, I still think they're positive on Hakeem, not necessarily as a starter, but they, they, they talked about uh, competition at guard spots. So I guess maybe that applied uh, Hakeem. But anyway, um, but they're always looking. All right, that's what they said. Hey, hey, we're good, but we're always looking. So I think that that opens up the door. I don't think it, it's seen as the need that it is seen as, whether it's depth or starting position. Um, I don't think in the building they see it as the need that, that some of us do outside of the building. He said the same thing essentially about receivers. He's like, look, yeah, yeah, we got these three guys, but we're always looking. Um, I think that it's likely if they do go for a receiver, we're going to see somebody with some uh, returnability. All right, specifically punt returnability. There were he was actually asking about punt returners and guys who, you know, he said they like guys that have that have shown it, you know, that have actually done it. And you can bring guys in. There have been guys that have had success in the past, even having never done it in college. Um, but you know, there's a big learning curve there. It's very different doing it in a game, doing it in practice. Uh, so, you know, he said that they they like those guys uh, having that experience. Um, I'm really big on Velvis Jones. He's kind of an older guy, um, very good after the catch as a receiver, um, and a very good returner. Um, another guy I really like who's, who is quite a, bit, a little bit young, uh, younger, uh, Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Uh, really, all these guys are slots. I mean, you know, Marcus Jones is basically the only one who's not a slot receiver um, that that I'm that I'm high on, and I don't think. For what he's going to give you defensively, I think he's probably going to be overdrafted, unless they are willing to be negotiable about the the height situation with him. Uh, I don't think he's good enough to overcome that, but I'm not sure that's going to be the case. So, those would be probably my top two. I think Kyle Phillips from UCLA uh, slides in there as well, uh, right along with those guys. Uh, and uh, yes, Robinson from Kentucky. Man, he is tiny though, so <laughs> that gives me a little bit of pause. Um, but you know, I would say we're all. I've watched film on a lot of these, uh, a lot of the top uh, punt returners uh, from NCAA from last year, um, and those are the guys that, that really stood out. Stood out to me as guys that, that can also do something for you on offense. Uh, so I'd say all factors, you know, all factors taken into account. You know, Shakir Phillips, um, and you know Jones with the the age asterisks and from developmental purposes. Um, those are the guys that that I'd be really high on, that I'd be excited about. But they said they're 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 looking at it around, and I wouldn't be surprised if you find an outside guy who can you know uh, who can threaten deep uh, as well. Yes, uh, like Pierce from uh, from Cincinnati. Um, oh, by the way, when I, when I was talking about Cincinnati, I should mention Brian Cook from Cincinnati because that guy's not getting talked about enough, and, and that's a pick that wouldn't surprise me either. Um, but anyway. Uh, so th- that's where we're at, and I, and I think you have to figure that in too. That you know, Auden Tate was hurt, but Auden Tate was kind of the the next guy on the outside, I feel like, um, and they don't have that guy anymore. So it'll be uh, something that they might might look for. I, I think Higgins is a guy that, that has a lot of 
soft tissue type stuff. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we miss him for a week here and a week there. Um, you know, he's a Ferrari. Ferraris break down from time to time. Uh, they need, need to be uh, kept in tune. So I think uh, I think making you know a, a later pick on a guy that can threaten and can and can do something for you, take some pressure off Chase in that situation uh, would be very beneficial. Uh, now. Duke also talked about peaks and valleys uh, and their grades in the draft, all right, based on rounds, based on positions. You know, so, you know, hey, we might think, I'll I'll use my example. I I look at it and I think if they don't get an interior defensive lineman who can pressure the quarterback in the first two rounds, they're not going to get one. Um, No, I'm sure he's not quite as uh, end of the world about that as I am. Um, but basically saying, hey, you know, they're going to be rounds where they're not going to be guys that are going to be available uh, that are worth that pick, you know, at that type of position. Um, and it's all because they kind of tear things off. You know, and that's how they, they weigh BPA and, and need uh, is that they tear things off. So uh, I look at, you know, I was having a conversation about tight ends, uh, you know, recently on Twitter with some people. You know, I think a lot of the tight ends that, that people are talking about and that are, that are really good, you know, you get to give them the second or third round. Uh, they're probably not going to be there the fourth round. You know, so a lot of those top end guys we talk about, and I just don't know if that's if that's worth it for the rest of the talent that's around. Now, getting into into the draft in tiers. Now, you know, we, we always see those tier makers and all those things that put people post on Twitter, and and that's kind of essentially how the Bengals look at it. You know, they break it down by round, but they break it down by parts around as well. Uh, we know this, we've heard them talk about this, that, you know, basically there's like three sections within a round. All right. So let's call it one A, B, and C. I have no idea if that's what they call it or not, but let, let's call it that. So you get to the pick at 31, you know, and you're in that range where, I mean, honestly, you're hoping there's a, a first round caliber player at all on your board. Right. Because, just because there's 32 picks in a round doesn't mean you rank 32 players as first-round picks. So you're hoping there's somebody there at all, all right? And, you know, if there's somebody who's a 1C, great. Um, now, if there's somebody who's a 1B, you know, right, that you're essentially considering, like, a top-20 pick, um, you know, and there's one person there that meets that, that's where you're you're thinking, all right, well, maybe we go away from need. You know, maybe Linderbaum's worth it at this point. Um you know, because because he's a, he's a better football player than some of the other guys. Maybe it's a linebacker. I don't know. I I'm not even gonna name a linebacker because I haven't watched enough film on those guys because because it's not a big need. But maybe it is. All right, just because uh, of talent being the the best player uh, available in that position, um, in, in that draft position that is. So that's how they kind of look at it, you know. And, and then if you're in a in a spot where you're picking there, and let's say. You've got uh, Kair Elam, uh, who you have a 1C grade on, and you've got Kenny Green, who you have a 1C grade on. Well, you know, maybe you're looking at the need and you're saying, well, we really need a corner. We feel pretty good about the competition we have on the offensive line. We like Jackson Carmen coming back. We're going to take the corner. Uh, so that's kind of how they how they break it down, how they weigh those two things in together. Um, you know, and they want to avoid reaching. And a reach is saying, well, there's you know, one B players on the board, there's one C players on the board, but hey, we really need a defensive tackle, so we're gonna take this guy even though we have a second round grade on him. 
you know, so that's where that would come into play. Um, but you, you should have some flexibility. It's, they're not just sitting there and ranking all the prospects, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They're kind of tearing them out, putting them in those clusters, and then making decisions based on what they have in the roster, what, what's going to work for them, um, and their need as far as that's is concerned. All right, so that is uh, going to be it for me today. I'm going to come back uh, before the draft, and we'll kind of get some, some final thoughts in uh, as well. Um, talk a little bit more about tight ends and, and receivers and, and some specific players as well uh, as we prepare for Thursday night and a, a long and hopefully quite glorious weekend. Although probably not the big splashes that we saw <laughs> the last two years. Uh, anyway, uh, check it out. Come back to the channel. Some great stuff coming up on the channel uh, from John and Anthony as well. And perhaps others. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, some fun stuff coming your way. Good day.